Welcome to Miss IJ's Kids Inclusive Podcast. My name is Ijama Papola and you can call me IJ. I will be your host. On this podcast, we'll be talking about the stigma individuals with special needs face on a day-to-day basis on the continent of Africa. We'll be bringing to you professionals in the disability field, sharing resources and information that can benefit any educator, parent, caregiver, and community with persons with disabilities. Join me on this journey in spreading hope and resilience as we advocate for inclusive education on the beautiful continent of Africa. Support from this episode of Miss Aji's Kids Inclusive Podcast comes from Mama Simi's Red Sauce, a delicious 100% natural West African tomato sauce. It's pretty much your Nigerian stew in a jar. Serve with traditional West African dishes or with pasta, rice, couscous, potatoes, and more. Use as a condiment or a marinade. You have to try it to find out what everyone's been talking about at mamasimi.com. Mama Simi's Red Sauce, it goes with anything. This is IJ Popola with the Miss IJ's Kids Inclusive Podcast. And I have a very special guest today. His name is Mr. Chidebera Ebay. And I'm going to let him just go ahead and introduce himself because I think the world has introduced him to us in the last couple of days. And we're just so excited at the Inclusive Podcast to be able to talk to him about all the things that he's doing and, and just everything. So, Mr. Chidebera, thank you for being on the Miss IJ's Kids Inclusive Podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me today. Thank you. Awesome. So if you could introduce yourself to our followers and our listeners, um, tell us about yourself and what you do. I wanted us to start from kind of the very beginning, but just introduce who you are to us, please. All right. Hi, everyone. I'm Chidi Verebi, and I'm an Nigerian, and also an Nigerian medical illustrator, and I'm a medical student at the Team Medical University in Ukraine. I did a first degree in chemistry at the University of Rio in Nigeria. I, I, I host several um, positions globally. I'm the future director of the Association of Future African Neurosurgeons, and I'm also the chief medical director of the General of Global Neurosurgery. And I'm also a junior committee member, general of the Pleasure of Neurosurgical Society's Global Neurosurgery Committee. I mean, there are a lot of possibilities, but I just have to stop there. I'm passionate about arts and medicine, and I illustrating black patients um, advocating for healthcare equity to my illustrations and I intend to pursue a career in pediatric neurosurgery. Thank you for having me. Oh, that's that's so amazing. I mean, you wear many hats. There's so much accolades on your resume. But as far as we know, we just heard about you probably in November because of your medical illustrations that depicted the black fetus in the black woman. But when I saw your story, I asked myself, well, who is Chidebera and what is his story? Obviously, his story didn't start here. He st- his story started a while ago. So could you just tell us a little bit more about your story and how you got into medical illustrations? All right. So being passionate about nursing and being fascinated about the whole, the whole um, the medical field generally. I tried medical field for 10 years. I was admitted in Nigeria and um, because that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a medical doctor and um, I kept applying. So I didn't have it. I had to go to um, the first degree in chemistry because I didn't want to stay at home anymore. My friends were already in school and I wanted to do something with my time. So while um, doing my first degree, I kept applying to medical school in Nigeria and outside Nigeria. 
uh, civil war are admitted. In, in 2020, so before then, I had to learn a couple of skills. I had to learn graphic designs, I had to learn photography, videography, I had to learn so many things just to get money and just to, you know, keep myself going. Wow. So when the lockdown came very hard on me, lockdown came, I didn't have money anymore. And um, that's where I, I took the boot step to reach out to the group which I currently work and the Association of Future African Students. I reached out to them and said um, that I wanted to work for them, that I have a graphic design skills and they could pay me to do designs for them. And I received a phone to respond and said that there are no funds to pay me. And because I love medicine and I quickly said I wanted to volunteer to create designs for them. So while creating the designs, I met my mentor, Dr. Orrick Sydney. So he saw my artwork because I was already an artist. So I was drawing African children with pain and pencil. And he said, you love medicine and you love art. So why not go into medical education? Because I had never heard of first before in my entire life. I was like, what was that? I had to make research about it. I had to read on it. And I found it quite very interesting. So I said I was going to do this. And I was a medical student. So I was, how would I draw this? I, I had to get something in medical textbooks. And I saw the whole anatomy was just too complex. I was like, what am I going to do with this anatomy? I have no prior knowledge of these things. It was a big challenge for me. So I had to teach myself anatomy, the little I know now. Wow. I had to teach myself software that I, I, I use right now. So basically everything that I know right now is what I have taught myself in any field I master, good graphic design, what I have taught myself generally. So I grew from there. I started drawing black people on and on and on. Wow. So, okay, there's so many things in your story that I just want to pick out just a little bit. A lot of people don't understand, especially with young people, because I'm Nigerian and, and just like you left Nigeria to go to a developed country so that we can get, you know, an education and chase our dreams. But a lot of young people in Nigeria may not necessarily have those opportunities because, like you said, we had the lockdown, you ran out of funds. And so you had to tap into something that was you probably didn't know what's going to yield to this, but it's interesting how coming from a place of not having has really blown up in addition to your passion to bring you to where you are today. So it just tells how resilient you are with your gifts and your talents. And uh, I mean, everything just coming and lying together. So you said you enjoy the idea of the representation of Black people, especially in medical illustrations. Why is representation so important? Because I don't, I don't know if you really understand the, the grasp, what you, what, what you have been able to do with your passion, because I had never seen a Black person in a medical text, textbook, for that matter, with those illustrations. So it really opened up all our eyes. Why are you so um, passionate about representation? Why is it so important to you? All right. Um, it's, it's important to me because, first of all, when I was learning, when I was teaching myself these illustrations, I did these white illustrations. So because I, I knew from the start I was going to draw black illustrations. And because I was basically teaching myself these illustrations, so I had no, uh, no reference. I had um, no black drawings to use as a reference point to learn. So it became a big challenge for me and I said I was going to walk towards addresses. And then on and on and on, through research, through a lot of readings, I realized that there's a whole lot of healthcare disparities. There's, there's a lot of yeah, healthcare inequities. And that has been premised on representation because and I, I didn't realize that a lot of um, organizations have been advocating for inclusion, for diversity. Mm-hmm. But I felt it, it, it was just premise on representation because representation premise inclusion because people cannot, you cannot have an, an inclusive system without proper representation. Right. So then I was passionate about representing people and um, I did not understand that if we are going to have a good healthcare outcome, if we're going to have um, a better healthcare delivery to patients, it's important that 
the, the healthcare professionals or the medical students in training are being trained with diverse materials mm-hmm. where they will have a prior experience to deliver these healthcare services. So the data are not understood that this is why this reputation matter because it, it, it also going to give um, the black patient or the black people the confidence to walk into a hospital and meet his or her doctor. Because I tell you recently, um, a lot of black patients have lack confidence because they know that if you go to hospital, they will not receive that equal healthcare attention or equal healthcare uh, uh, services as a white person would receive. So that's, uh, that is still based on the concept of representation. Mm-hmm. Because if a pregnant man walk into the hospital for maternity checkup, all drawings you see that are white illustrations. They are not, those drawings do not speak to her personally. And of course, might not be able to resonate um, with her baby that she intends yeah. into the world. So this is why representation really does matter because it, it also gives um, people a sense of value and respect. Exactly. You know, recently, recently there, there's a lot of research that also showed that in the US, there's a lot of healthcare disparities where black women are assumed yeah. that are going to be very strong and they could take care of themselves. Yeah, and, and 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 that is what representation would do. That representation would, would help address issues like that. Mm-hmm. Wow, you're speaking our language here at the Miss I Just Kids Inclusive Podcast because inclusion is so important. And a lot of times we we've toss that word around. But when we bring it down to, you know, our career, like mine is in education and yours is in the medical field, you can't have inclusion and not have representation because then it's not really diversity. Right. And it takes people like you to break, you know, some of those biases, because I didn't even know, speaking of biases, I didn't even know that there was that much. I mean, I knew, but like when you you hear these stories, you realize that we still have biases, the biases, in the medical field, every pretty much every career field you can think of. And it's pretty well known. However, you know, these biases become even more obvious to us, the average person, when we now see, right? We understand the power of visuals. You know, like in in education, we we always tell our our learners that some students learn, you know, by hearing. They learn better by hearing. Some learn better by visuals. And there are a lot of children right now who have seen what you've done that has really opened up their mind on wow, this actually is something that I was missing. So, you know, my question is, what is the driving force in, well, I think you've explained it though, but if you could just go further into it, you know, why do you think that us as a society are just getting here? You know, like you said, you had to draw out of, you had no prior thing to look at. You had no prior textbooks and you had to, you know, pretty much, I don't want to say out of thin air, but you have to come have that creative thinking to make it happen. But what really is the driving force between you with you getting into medicine is what I wanted to know. Why medicine? All right. So when I was young, the first career I had ever decided to do was to be a medical doctor. And um, I, I didn't see myself doing anything other than medicine, you know, and that's why I kept on applying for years and years and years because I knew that that's what my life was going to be. That's, where, that's what I was creating. Like I knew everything well that that was what I was meant to do. And even when family said that we are all alone in this career, that you, they were not going to support your school fees, wow. I was still going to be fine. I knew that this was what I was meant to do. And um, growing up with that, when I was 16 years, I lost my mom to ovarian cancer. Oh, and, I, um, I'm so that sorry particular about incident, that. Thank you, thank you. That particular incident had to fasten my interest, fasten my passion for medicine, because. Uh, it's it was something very drastic that happened in my life, and um, I, I didn't want any child. I didn't want any child to go through what I'd gone through, and um, so that built a strong pattern for medicine, and that's why I just kept on pushing and kept on pursuing my 
my my vision. Wow. So do you have any medical doctors in your family or this is you're going to be like the first? Oh, my goodness. Oh, Nigeria is just wrapping their hands around you right now. You don't even understand, especially just sharing your personal story that, you know, you you and I'm really, really sorry to hear about that. But to just think of first you're 25. And I mean, if, if your mom was here now, she would be so proud of you. And to see what you have been able to do, you took you know, something that could have been a very dark place in your life and you've turned it around and you've, you've followed your dreams. I mean, there are a lot of young Nigerians, young black people that you are going to change their lives just by their story. And I mean, I, we're not going to get emotional, but that's amazing. As a Nigerian, I I'm so super proud, but I'm going to stick to my story. I'm going to stick to my questions. So I don't go, you know, too, too far away. So what do you think, um, when you think about like joining the black fetus, right. In the black body and how it resonated around the world. Why do you think, cause you said you were already drawing other, um, illustrations. Why did this one in particular resonate with everybody from every culture that we can even think of. Um, why do you think this one did? Well, first of all, the topic of mother and child has been a very powerful topic for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, healthcare, healthcare facility or healthcare system rather has so much attention on children and women. I mean, very, very, very little to speak about men, you know, but sure that men are strong, you know. Mm-hmm. But basically the focus has been on children and women. And when that when I when that drawing was created, the the, it, the drawing came in a period where there was a whole lot of maternal issues, where there was maternal high maternal mortality rate, where there was infant mortality rate, where there was a lot of healthy disparities among black women. And that's where the drawing was able to use and that's that's how the drawing was able to speak very loud. You know, basically there are a couple of black drawings online for fear of pregnant women. But the skin tone that I used to depict that drawing has not been. I used a very dark skin tone, which shows a typical African woman. Yeah. And that's why that drawing was able to, to resonate with the heart of the person. And people, and, and basically for other illustrations online, the skin of the mother might be dark, but the baby was always a bit white. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what and that's what created the attention because people had never seen a black fetus ever in yeah. a black woman. So that's what attracted the, the attention of people. All over the world. I do believe that that was the foundation or that was the reason why that drawing is even viral. Wow. I mean, as a mother of three, it hit me too. I mean, I was so almost teary, teary eyed because I had never seen it, you know. And when you think of young mothers who are having kids, you know, and it's your first experience. I mean, if I had seen an image like that, it would have brought some comfort to me at the time. But like you said, you know, sometimes black women are depicted as, oh, we're strong. We can do it. You know, sometimes it's okay for us to be soft. <laughs> we don't always have to be hard, you know, but it is true right. that it, it really resonated with me. And I think with a lot of younger women who will be having kids, you know, it'll, it really, um, be a source of comfort to them. So I, I know that you are part of the future African neurosurgeons. I mean, again, your accolades at 25 is amazing. And why do you think, uh, I don't know if you, you started or you're part of it, but why is this group of um, young African neurosurgeons extremely important? And I want to harp on education because I'm so passionate about education in Nigeria, especially education for students with disabilities, uh, being able to have free education with their disability. And I'm also passionate about why so many of us Nigerians have had to leave our country for better education when there is no reason why we cannot have 
this quality of education in our country. But but why do you think this group is so important for young future um, neurosurgeons? Well, first of all, I think that's one of the best questions that I've ever been asked in my interview so far. Yes, because, I just um, came from the podcast. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, because the Future African Neurosurgeon Forum is um, my foundation. Is where I, that's where I ever had to start working. That's where I, I meet my mentor, who is the founder of that association. And what that association does, it's the neurosurgery trade group where students seek mentorship, where students are being taught on research, are being but I've been a bit guided on career paths where where younger people like us have been mentored by other doctors who have conquered their, you know, their careers. So joining the association really helped me, really molded me. For example, when I before I joined the association, I didn't know how to do, do a proper email communication. I didn't know how to type properly, I didn't know how to, know how to make a proper um, post online. But via that or via that um, through joining that, that organization or that association, I was able to learn this thing through my mentor. And it's it's quite important for every young person out there who wants to make an impact, who wants to do great things. Generally, it's, it's about mentorship because this, this association helps you mold you to becoming the person you want to be. And it's as important as that because the school itself might not give you every experience in my own. School is focused on building your, your knowledge per se, your academic knowledge. But for you to build your career in all perspective, you must be attached to an organization or an association that has the same passion or has same goal in breeding young people. And that's what my association has been able to do among every young person. And mm-hmm. the fact is, the, the result has been reproducible. So if, if you join that association, or for those, or for every young medical student who are joined, the result has really shown because there's been a lot of improvement, their CV has improved, their research ability has improved. And that's what this association does. It just helps you become a better version of yourself. And we will have information about the uh, organization so that because we have a lot of Africans here in Germany, uh, we're, we're based in Germany, who would definitely benefit from something like that. And even in the United States, you know, we could uh, share that information. So my my second to last question is, you know, when I think about your story and I think of how resilient you are and how far you've come. I think about, you know, the young boy or girl who lives in a rural village somewhere in Nigeria and who hopes to be a doctor and does not have the representation or the connection or the money or the finances. It probably doesn't look like they could go to school. What is your word of encouragement for them with your life story and how you have been able to just pull through and and get to where you are today? What can you say to that young boy or girl who lives in a village somewhere in Nigeria, any part of Africa, who might want to be a doctor too? All right. So from my personal experiences, um, it's the path to greatness has not always been easy. Never has always been easy. And um, one of the good signs that you are on the right track to something great is that you have a lot of obstacles on that track. And when I was learning medical education, from where I lived to where, from where I lived, there was no power supply. Of course, not in Nigeria to be. That's right. Power supply. So I had to make one hour travel every day to church where I could see light and where I could stay to learn medical illustrations. For me, for me, hard work has been always my watchword. And most of the time, I may not take into prior consideration. To me, I may not, I may not feel I'm working so hard, but I, I knew I was doing something. I knew I was pushing myself deliberately to becoming who I was. At some point, my, my friends started calling me church board because I was always, always in church every day working with my old laptop, my computer mouse. And the fact is this, it's, I never knew I would, I would be famous this early, but I knew that I was prepared for this moment. I knew I had to work 
as hard for this moment. And and for every young person out there who is um, in the same situation like me, it's also very important to know who you are as a person. Because I talk about this every time. One thing that I've helped me was discovering who I was very early. And that's why I wasn't easily deceived. I wasn't easily sidetracked from my purpose, from what I wanted to do. Even when people had discouraged me, family left me alone, friends had said that, I mean, you are wasting your life. When we leave medical school and think of marriage and all of that, people say a lot of things. And, uh, and how to stay on my track because for me, this is exactly what I wanted to do. And for, 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 for every young person out there who's going through the same thing I'm going through, it's also important that you know who you are as a person because knowing who you are would build a solid foundation because I, I say this as often, our faith in what we believe or our faith in staying on the track is premised on the information we built over over time in our mind. It's, it's premised on the on the mindset we built, and mindset is built upon good information. So we are able to tell yourself, we are able to detect who you are and who you're not. That would help you conquer your your difficulties because in the journey, something happened to you some days ago when I was traveling. I, I tell this story a lot. When I was traveling to somewhere, being being that I had loved medicine, I had loved doctors, how they drew it and how they spoke, everything about them. So I I, I stood in front of a hospital trying to board it, it's time to travel. And behind me was just the hospital. And I turned the hospital, I said, my God, how beautiful this hospital. When will I ever go into this hospital? When will I ever go inside? Amazing to know that that same day, I actually went to the hospital. But not as a doctor, but as a patient. Yeah. Because when I was coming back, I had an accident that took me to that same hospital. Then I had to understand, I had to remember what I said, how will I do it. I didn't actually clarify, either as a doctor or as a medical student or as a patient. Then I understood that my words were tools to create my existence. So to every young person out there, understanding who you are is key. Creating your future, creating an opportunity for yourself through your words and through your and through your success is key to becoming everything. Life is difficult, general, life are not in rosy general, but who you are, concrete who you are generally would be the key. To achieve that, I know it's difficult. It's it's difficult, but it can be done. Wow, Bear, I don't know you. Twenty five, your mother will be so proud, and I know that her spirit is gonna go with you everywhere you go. You are a dynamic speaker at such a young age, and you are such an inspiration even to people who are your peers and those that are, you know, older than you and younger than you. And, you know, like you said, I, I think what wrapping up what you're saying in, in a few words is that what is yours is yours. Hard work never kills. Stay, you know, motivated, stay encouraged. And, you know, when you're focused on what you're doing, it's like God has a way of bringing the right people to you while you're doing it. And I think that, that that is what you have said. And you have inspired me so much. And honestly, I, I'm very grateful that you took the time. You are definitely one to watch. We're going to be watching you. Know that every Nigerian in the diaspora is rooting for you. We have our arms around you. We're supporting you. And definitely a connection that we'll, we'll love to keep in touch with in the future. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for following your passion. Thank you for not giving up on yourself because now you've really changed the world, world as it is. And we're very grateful that you're in it. So thank you so much, Idebear. Thank you for being on the Inclusive Podcast. Thank you so much. The pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Miss IJ's Kids Inclusive Podcast this week. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do so on our website at 
www.ijpopola.com. Or if you want to write to us about topics you would love to hear covered on the show, the email address is popoloijelma at gmail.com, one word. And if you'd like to follow us on our social media pages, it's at Miss IJ's Kids. I am IJ Popola, and you've listened to Miss IJ's Kids Inclusive Podcast.